king and the new king of the World Wrestling Federation. Here he comes. Well, it's not someone in the ring. At least it's not you. You're still here at night side. From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of GFA Live. I am your host, Peter Winston, and I'm going to waste no time bringing you in. My guest at this time, a man who gives new meaning to the phrase, in your house, Mr. Keithy Langston. How are you? Welcome, everyone. Hey, Pete, how are you this morning? Well, I'm, I'm good. I say that because I was actually at your house yesterday, a place that I've never been before. Yes. Oddly enough. Yes, that is true. I I find that hard to believe, but I believe it, I guess. I just I had thought that you would be, I mean, I've only lived here for the last 10 plus years, but you know, I guess that's okay. Um, you know, I've been in your house at least a couple of times. So, you know, we do live far apart, but even though we live far apart, our hearts are always close together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Watertown is one of those places that I just like I never drive through. It's like as as we were going as we were going there, my wife and I was like, where are we? Like, I, I had like no conception of like what town we we're in. Like I had like if you asked me to drive to Watertown from my from my house, I probably would have driven the wrong way. Like not what Google would have recommended. <laughs> And then Google's uh, Google's uh, GPS thing like broke down halfway mm. through, mm. and I'm driving through uh, the campus of Bentley University. I'm like, oh, wait, where am I supposed to turn here? And then then all of a sudden it like pops up again, and then it goes in 0.5 miles, turn right on Beaver Street, and I, and I just start laughing. <laughs> Well, it's funny you mention about driving through because Watertown doesn't have any drive-throughs. Well, <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, no, is it banned? Do they ban um, drive-throughs? They yeah, they don't have any drive-through anything. Like, well, I mean, no, there's like a drive-through McDonald's, but that's not Watertown. That's I believe Newton. So yeah, no, there's no water. There's no drive-throughs in Watertown. We have everything is you have to get out and go in. So, uh. <laughs> well, I couldn't live there. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, that's just unfortunate. <laughs> well, today, as we as we discussed last week, I, I pulled out of my ass the WWF Best of the WWF Volume Seventeen. I don't know why I picked seventeen. Maybe it's because Milan Lucic is one of my favorite hockey players uh, mm. who ever played for the Bruins, and he wore number seventeen at that time. Mm. Because I did not know that the, we were going to be uh, diving right into the middle of nineteen eighty eight for. Oh yes. <laughs> So on the on this show we got six matches and the coronation of King Haku, which I know you're very excited about. That I'm excited about. I mean, as you know, I pay homage every day, every morning, every morning I wake up, and when the sun is rising and coming above, you know, the mountains, I kneel down and pray to the one great King Haku. 
and that he is my he is my lord and savior is uh, King Haku. So yes, I am very excited to see the official coronation, long overdue, I might add, of King Haku. Well, you need a thing in your in your uh, in your house there, telling you which direction Tonga is in, so that you can face that when, when you <laughs> when you pay homage. Which, by the way, I don't want to make this a thing again, but the fact you got a lot of Beatles memorabilia in your house, so you got pictures of Ringo Starr hanging in your house, like two of them. I just Actually, want to point that out. You know what's really funny is you said two of them, but in reality, I have one, two, three, five, four. I have four albums, album covers hanging up in my house. I have a picture of the Beatles in in my bedroom. So yeah, I have a lot of Beatles memorabilia around my house, and um, yeah, we had this discussion about you putting that I should put the um, painter's tape over Ringo, just putting an X over Ringo Starr. <laughs> uh, I would do that, but then it damages the album. And for for all it's worth, as much as I don't like Ringo Starr, I do enjoy and celebrate the entire catalog of the Beatles. So unfortunately, you have to take that into consideration that you know sometimes we have to listen to things that are sometimes you have to work with dubious people in order to achieve a common goal and in this case here i have to have pictures of that no good hack that two-bit hack Uh, around my house in order to enjoy and celebrate the entire catalog of the greatest band in the history of rock and roll well i I didn't want to make that a whole thing but you do have three championship belts hanging and I, I, I should I should tweet those out because you have the NWA title, the yeah. Wing Eagle belt, and then the Intercontinental title, the like late '80s yeah. version of it. And I, you know, I just said, "Wow, it's like a museum in here." Hanging proudly next to my one share of WWE stock, I might add. Right. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit the play button for this as we're getting the FBI warning on this particular tape best of wwf like you get these in the video store you go to blockbuster but i know after a while i stopped seeing them like after about volume five or six like once you got to like volume 17 here i wasn't seeing it in the video store yeah i don't As, we, we had avenue video oh oh look what comes up Exactly. They're promoting the upcoming 1988 Survivor Series on Coliseum Video coming December 14th because everything comes back to the 1988 Survivor Series. As it should. December 14th, that's a pretty quick turnaround time for them to get that out on video cassette. Yeah, they turn the – I'm kind of surprised. Like I I had this memory that it would take at least a month, but they were turning these around in like a couple of weeks. Mm. So we have the Coliseum Video opening, the World Wrestling Federation, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Sad. I love this. Well, yeah, the one where they're flying through the fucking Grand Canyon or whatever yeah. this bullshit is. The WWF I, with the we don't get the full with the oh, song. What the world is watching. You know the full Coliseum video song. This is a little different by the time you get to 1988. Or at the at the doors of an arena. Who knows what it is? As Gene Okerlund is making his way in. <laughs> Because Vince ain't hosting these no more. He's like, he's like, f that. I'm, I'm too, I'm too busy fucking with Jim Crockett to, to well, do stuff. Like everything else that Vince McMahon did, he started it and then quickly dropped it. <laughs> now, now Oakland greets a, a, a suited man. At the, uh, a suited man greets Oakland at the door, yeah. and is keeping him out of there. Do you know who that is? That guy. Yes. 
I don't know who that is. Who is that? That is Blackjack Lanza, who you may remember from <laughs> WrestleMania 3, accompanying Mary Hart to the uh, table. <laughs> Blackjack Lanza. Blackjack Lanza accompanying Mary Hart. Look at Vin, look at Mean Gene. Hey, everybody. Mean Gene Oakland here. And all the people sort of gawking at him as he's trying to make this Gene, of course, with his deep tan, as usual. Mm. That guy at the door keeping him out. Who kind of looks like uh, former Utah Jazz coach Frank Layden if he shrunk by a factor of uh, 60%. <laughs> There's about uh, three people out there who may get that joke as the police see, are keeping him out. Now. It, it would have been funny if the big boss man had shown up and tried to keep him out like his you know, police officer. Well, what's what's great is Bossman's on on this because you know you want you want to put him on these because he's getting the push with Hogan in late '88. So we're going to see him at the mm-hmm. Philadelphia Spectrum. But by no means are these going to be all name matches. In fact, uh, yeah, Bossman is facing Sam Houston in that one. That's that's the second match. All right. So what's really funny here is the guy pre the guy in the just before that. Like it looks like Mean Gene got into the got into the arena, and uh, Madison Square Garden, May twenty seventh, nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, that was definitely not. Oh no! Yeah, Dino Bravo doing that walk at MSG, which it's basically like the opposite world version. You know how like when you'd watch Championship Wrestling, Hogan would walk, yeah, Thriller would play, and he would walk that aisle like in the back at MSG. Well, you get the exact same thing here with Dino Bravo, which is like the worst possible timeline. (laughs) Where Dino Bravo, Dino Bravo is the WWF champion for four years, and he's walking out with Frenchie Martin. You know, I'm pretty sure Dino Bravo thought he was going to be the World Wrestling Federation champion for four years if uh, when he signed. I'm going to beat that Mr. Hogan and take his championship. <laughs> well, if Montreal became like the number one market in the world, I could see that happening. But no, he still no. No. They, no, it would have ended up being it would have ended up being maybe Jacques Rougeau or Raymond Rougeau, and that would have been fine with me. <laughs> Raymond Rougeau, WWF champion. I wouldn't even buy that in the Hasbro universe. <laughs> Here comes Olympic. Uh, Something Ken Ken Patera, folks. Olympic something that that that's that about sums it up for old Richard Simmons here, uh, with his no knee pads in 1988. Look at Ken Patera, like this guy used to be somebody. Well, I was thinking I was thinking of Patera because I'm truly pathetic. But um, in terms of everybody, kind of has this fondness for the 1980s and how you know the the United States came into the decade. Oh God, what a horrible arm drag. Uh, came into the 1980s, things were bad, you know, hostage crisis in Iran, and things were much better at the end of the 80s. Let's just say the decade was not not kind to Ken Patera. <laughs> from a hair perspective. No. And, and from he, every- no. But oddly enough, the 1980 version of Ken Patera definitely awesome. speaks volumes to the 1980s version of what I would think a guy from the 80s would look like. Like, he just, you know, like the big bushy, poofy hair and, you know, the kind of lost look about him, the thousand-yard stare. <laughs> I mean, just... Ken Patera in 1980, by any standard, was, if not the best wrestler in the world, certainly in the top three. And then by 1989, and yes, guys get older and all. By 1989, he is 
maybe the worst wrestler in the world or cer- certainly in the top three. Now, I know I might get some pushback on that. Like, oh, doesn't Dino Bravo exist? And and yes, he does. So we are seeing two of the worst ever at MSG from May of 1988. I mean, a horrible looking oh, monkey flip. Gosh. I mean, this is in the leadoff spot here. This is like putting like putting like a guy who's hitting 120 as your leadoff hitter. This is like having uh, Jackie, Bradley, Jackie Bradley Jr. lead off. Yeah, he's not that bad. <laughs> Come on. He's not that bad. Don't get depressed about the Red Sox just because they're, what, two and a half games behind the oh, Orioles? Oh, okay. You know what this would be like? This would be like having Chris Davis lead off. Okay. Oh. Yeah, oh. I'll, I'll, I'll oh. buy that. Oh, Bravo. How, do I, how dare Bravo. I bring up Chris Davis? Yeah, I know. Bravo was about to leave and take the count out loss. And that, this is actually one of those times where I would have accepted that finish. <laughs> what I want to know is who's doing commentating because did Gorilla talk about him losing oh, no, the, no, no, no. the winner's not, purse? Not Gorilla. This oh. is a very interesting commentary team of Roger Kent, who did AWA back in the day and then made very, very brief appearances in the WWF in 88, like, Six weeks worth. I think he did two MSG shows. Mm-hmm. And this show featured the color debut of superstar Billy Graham. Oh. Yep. Oh, there's Patera going into the ring post on a char- his SD Jones memorial charge that he would do in virtually every match. <laughs> he just, he looks like so robotic. Like I noticed he was earlier, he was throwing like forearm shots, like, you know, not European uppercuts, but like, Almost like kind of like a European uppercut, you know, shades of the great. Uh, Don't you dare compare him to Cesaro or. No, or Regal. I was gonna say no. Shades, 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 shades of the great William Regal, and they just he just they looked so like robotic. Yeah, like, look at him throwing these. Well, the punches are a little bit more loose. He's not loose. Like he doesn't seem like he doesn't seem loose and comfortable in this in this position. I was going for trying for another monkey flip, and a, well, was, was that a horrible inverted atomic drop? Yeah, like, his his selling, Patera's selling at this point is robotic, and that's that's the way you know like he's really fallen because he was not that bad at that earlier on in the eighties. Mm. And yeah, I, I do think with that McDonald's bit, he got done dirty from a legal perspective, where he yeah. ran into a prosecutor trying to make a name for himself and all this other you know yeah. all this other business, but still. Uh, and the guy was a, you know, he was part of the company. What the hell is going? What is this? What the hell I is love, this? I, just I love the little girl, the little girl jumping up and down during the uh, chin lock spot here. Like, come on, Ken, you can do it, Ken. Do you think that there was anybody who Ken Patera was their favorite wrestler in 1988? I don't even think his child would have said it was his favorite wrestler. <laughs> like, no offense to Ken Patera, but I mean, you know. Well, they were probably just glad that he was out of the joint. Is he dead? No. Ken Patera still alive? Of course. He, he never he never uh, got involved with the dark side of the cigarette ring like uh, <laughs> like Bravo did. Do you think we could get Ken Patera on cameo? Well, I don't know how if much, I would. I don't know if much, I would want that because he's an angry dude. But how much would you pay for Ken Patera? Uh, I'd pay a nickel for that. I pay a nickel for a two cent worm. <laughs> you wouldn't pay a nickel to see an earthquake. <laughs> that's one of my favorite gorillas. Yeah, that's the good <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Nickel to see an earthquake. How, Frenchie Martin getting in a shot of Patera on the outside. I mean, how effective is that going to be? I mean, Frenchie Martin was a manager here for about a year. I mean, you want to talk about marking time. Frenchie Martin as a manager just screams 1988. Yeah. He's a He doesn't even know how to work to the fucking hard camera. You should go back to NXT. Take lessons from Brock Lesnar. Um, yeah, Frenchie Martin sucks. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of anybody that's, like, pro-France like that, you know, like... Well, is he pro-France, pro or is he pro-Quebec? Pro like, pro-Quebec. Like, what is his deal? He's pro-Quebec, because he waves the flag, and, you know, I don't know. I know you like you like the province of Quebecois, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to dump all over it, so... I do, too, actually. I, I, I do like that. Have I ever told you my story of when we went one time up to uh, Montreal... To go see um, <clears throat> the expos, <clears throat> among oh, some yeah. other things, and uh, we went up there, and we go to the we're we're driving through Vermont, we head up to the border, and we get up there, and you know we pull up to the thing, and the guy says, you know, from where do you hail? And I said, um, America, and he goes, which one? And I said, United States of. And he go and he just looked at me, and I was like, "We're coming from Boston, Massachusetts." And he goes, "What's your business in Canada?" And my friend Jeff goes, "We're thinking of buying the place." And the guy went, "Please oh. come inside." Yeah, you're not supposed to do that at customs. Do not do not raise a uh, ruckus at, yeah, at customs. We didn't, we didn't know any better. We were dumb youths. That that little girl is so excited for this match. Like the the magic of pro wrestling is still appeals to her. A, a freaking Patera Bravo match. The magic of pro wrestling. Look up. Oh, what's this? Big finish. Well, we got oh, the. Oh, uh, it's a full Nelson. Does he have the fingers locked? And he was basically already in the ropes. Okay, Frenchie takes a Why shot on the, the apron. Have you noticed that the the referee here looks like uh, the crocodile hunter? <laughs> It's Steve Irwin makes the three Steve count Irwin. after the side suplex. Side suplex, and then Patera wow. gets immediately up on his knees there. Wow. Like, okay. That's Wow. That's as bad as the Hercules-Sid Justice match. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I'm just glad that we watched this together, and I hope it actually recorded properly, because as I'm looking at the screen, I see the little airplane for airplane mode. But then again, this is playing, so I don't know. Well, whatever. We're talking to each other right now, so it's probably it, recording. It says Peter is recording the call, so I assume that it's recording. Skype wouldn't lie to me. Oh, you know what? He didn't have the fingers locked. <laughs> Thank you, Gorilla. Cardinal mistake. <laughs> uh, were, were dudes extra stiff in their dealings with Frenchie Martin? Or he's up on the apron there? Probably. Do you know the history of Frenchie Martin? If I can get it real quick. Like, what's his... Uh... Was up? No, actually, let's 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 pause. Let, let's, just, let's just move along to the big let's boss man on. versus Sam Houston from. Uh, if you ever take Adelphi. a trip down to Cobb County, Georgia, you better be prepared to get the corona. You're serving hard time. Yeah, he's got the he's got the seatbelt over his. Uh, Georgia, shirt. look at the sweat marks on his pits. Oh, this guy's already ready to go. The match hasn't even started, and he's sweating like a pig. Well, look at the that outfit is just very ill fitting. Like, look at those pants. They're just they're painting on this guy. Yeah, but but he would eventually drop. The, yeah, he's really big when he comes in, and he slims down a little. And then when you get to like 1990, he loses a ton of weight like all at once. 
Well, I think um, there was a there was the match that was posted. I don't. It was the one without the seatbelt, the him versus Scott Casey that I was watching. Was, Fest, yeah, yeah it was his de- was it his debut? No, it, I mean that was actually after this. So I guess he forgot to bring his little seatbelt strap. Or but he looked massive. Maybe it couldn't match. fit. Maybe the maybe the seatbelt strap. Yeah, didn't like, fit. I think he like if this is well, this is only a month before WrestleFest. When only was a week. A week. This okay, is a, so, July 23rd. So then that's definitely no way he gained that much weight. He just looked massive, like even bigger than now. I don't know. Maybe if it's like a, I don't know, a, whatever, what, what is it, like a Schrodinger's cat thing for me or something? No, what's that man, Mandalorian effect or uh, Mandolin effect? That What's the thing called? Mandela effect, where I yes. think he just looked, he looked fatter. So, but I was just, I was just going to let you work your way through that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for letting me get there, folks. Uh, It's my great high school education. Um, Have these dudes even touched yet? By the way, only 91.15 at the spectrum. So probably about half of capacity, but not a socially distanced crowd as they are uh, all packed in at ringside. Uh, We didn't have to worry about the coronavirus in 1988. I mean, Barack Obama hadn't become president yet. So, you know. Well, uh, COVID-87 was running wild at uh, a certain point. Yeah, COVID-87. COVID-87 was running wild, brother. But but Hulk Hogan uh, slammed it and dropped the leg, and that's why you don't hear too much about it now. No, because I think it died right after he bought it. What is plane. Sam Houston doing? What the hell is this? This guy's Jake the Snake Roberts' brother. Yeah, and he's doing he's doing a front face lock spot. Do the DDT, you stupid dumbass. Like, I mean, just fall back. Uh, Pete, you know, it's predetermined, you know. Oh, yes, yes, I'm aware. Uh, and only and only Jake Roberts was allowed to do the DDT. I can't believe Sam Houston is allowed to get in any offense against the big boss man in the summer of 1988. Because Sam Houston's time, I mean, yeah, he would appear on the 88 Survivor Series where he would basically do that dumbass move of staying in the ring for seven straight minutes despite having four teammates on the apron. <laughs> <laughs> Look at how skinny he is, though. I mean, he make he makes he makes Sean Waltman look like King Kong Bundy, for God's sakes. Look like King Kong Bundy. He makes he makes Adam Cole look like uh, superstar Billy Graham from nineteen seventy seven. I mean, he is very small. Yes, I will say that. Very thin, very scrawny. You know, definitely, uh, definitely not as tall and as i just get i don't know d- defined as his brother and I, his, and his sister i might add yeah well yeah rock and robin his sister, i his i don't even more built than him <laughs> i was thinking to myself why is he why did he even come why did he even come to the wwf as i knocked the notes right off my fucking chair arm anyway um it's why did he even Graham, look at nice why did he even come to the WWF? And then I remembered, oh, yeah, that's right. Sam Houston was married to Baby Doll, and Dusty Rhodes resented Sam Houston for being married to Baby Doll because he did not feel that somebody that Dusty Rhodes was associating with should be married to a jobber to the stars type, I guess. Wow, really? Which is why you don't see Sam Houston in. You know, he he makes the jump at '87, along with like around the same time as DiBiase and One Man Gang and all the all those dudes. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, he had to have some talent. I mean, he did a nice little, uh, you know. Oh, nice counter by the boss man on the sunset flip back in the ring. He holds the ropes, take his time, and then just sits on him. Yeah, boss man was a beast. Yeah, he's he, he he's he's really good, and I mean, like a good big man too. Mm, yeah. And I'm not even going to sell that short for when he loses the weight because he was still presented as like as like a bigger dude. Yeah. But the thing I liked about him after he lost the weight is that he just he played so well, like being like that kind of thinner spry. I mean, the, there's that one sequence in WrestleMania seven where he's chasing perfect like around and then in and out of the ring. And he's just as fast as perfect. Yeah. He, you know, he does the slide, run around yeah, the ring post and he's thing. He's so good. That's a shame. I I almost met him. I had a chance to meet him, and I didn't. Um, he he was actually wrestling at Malden Catholic High School. Really? Was, yeah. Like in it was it was during the time it was after he came back, and he was like Vince's uh, you know personal bodyguard there. And then I think it was right after like the whole. It was it was not that long before he died. Let's just put it that way. Oh, and, so it, it was you know it would have been well after I had graduated from there. Oh yeah, no no no. I was because I don't know if you remember. So it was an independent show, probably yeah. around like two thousand three. Yeah, and I don't know if you remember. For a period of time, like I was um I was doing like cleanup at Bingo at Malden Catholic, like just you know after after Bingo nights and stuff. And yeah. um I was friends with like the 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 janitorial crew because of that, and one of the guys that was the head of like the janitorial crew was working the show, and they were having the show in the um, gym, and he was like, "You want to just work this with me?" And I was like, "Yeah." And the main event was like, I don't know who it was. It was somebody versus the boss man, and I was like, "Oh, I should go in and say hi to him and like introduce myself and just be like, dude, I was a big fan of yours back in the day," and I never did. And then he died shortly thereafter, and I was very upset by that. I think. I I, th- I think we should do like a recurring series, Keithy's stories of almost beating wrestlers. <laughs> like how you, I think it was last week you said, yeah, I was going to meet Hulk Hogan, but I didn't want to wait in line for four hours. <laughs> we, could call it, we could call it Keithy's Almost Famous. <laughs> Great story. Compelling and rich. <laughs> it had everything. It had drama. It had, it had panache. Yeah, yeah. no, I, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you notice probably... the Oh, go ahead. No, no, you please. I was going to say Boss Man if you notice has the Georgia State flag on his shoulder which has since been changed because it had the little Confederate flag that was covering half of it. Now here in Massachusetts our flag uh, might get changed uh, very soon. I read that. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. I'd never noticed the sword over the Native American man. I I literally had not noticed that, but I guess the the reason why that sword is there is is supposedly intended to be something else, but the optics of it now are uh, not great. Sam Houston to the top rope, a crappy looking drop kick. Come on, big kick out. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, I don't want to sound like I'm announcing this match like I'm Shane McMahon on uh, Sunday Night Heat. No, but I was going to say for a glorified squash match, well, that might be it. Yeah, it is. I was going to uh, say for a glorified squash match, they gave they gave him a lot of time. Yeah, this one went uh, about seven minutes or so. Yeah, I mean, I kind of lost my spot here because uh, not my not my dog spot, but my spot on the uh, browser. Uh, seven minutes and seven seconds for the boss man and Sim Houston. 
Not my dog's spot. Now, is he going to beat him up? Look at that. There was a smart kid there cheering a bad guy. I like that. Oh, well, this is this is Philly. I mean, Philly is its own. Oh, Philly loves when cops. Phillies love police brutality, so. You know. <laughs> come on. I mean, come on. I'm going to have to take him out of here. Beat the shit out of Sam Houston. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah. There, there it is, that patch on his left shoulder. Philly, Philly, Philly loves it when anybody from Houston gets beat up. <laughs> the uh, like, yeah. So, the, I, I noticed there were some empty seats, but I do want to point out that as well. This was the opening match of uh, this show. It's oh weird. yeah, big boss, big boss man in the opening match. Your commentary team was Dick Graham, superstar Billy Graham, and Lord Alfred Hayes. They couldn't have just thrown another guy. Oh. Here we are, the coronation of King Haku. This is why we're here. Yes. Look at this. Look at the glorious group. Alrighty, I see Heenan, Rude, Andre, Slick. Yes. Oh, yes. The heels at a coronation ceremony just standing in the background are so great. Always came out. Always came out in support of their fellow man. Joe Ledoux is there as well Mm -hmm. because he's randomly in the WWF for a month while they were filming No Holds Barred. (sighs) Here he, co- here he comes, the man who's going to ascend to the Harley Race throne. <gasps> There's a little person with him. <laughs> yes! That Lord Littlebrook? I don't know. Valentine is there. I like how all the dudes are just wearing their gear, too. Yeah. Demolition showed up for this. How about that? Yes. Look at, well, look. demolition. I, I, you know what I think it is. The heel locker room has a lot of respect for Haku. They yeah. do not want to get on his bad side. Oh, and certainly not while he's king. Now you're you're probably like, what is that? What is that prick Dino Bravo doing front and center? Well, don't forget Bravo and King Tonga, as he was then known, because he had King experience. Uh, they were tag team partners in Montreal in, in late '85, and in fact, briefly in the WWF as well. Look at this. Look at him. Look at how glorious he is. All right. Which, which, heel, which heels are not there? Let's let's, um, let's break this down. I don't see – is Hercules there? I don't see Hercules. Yeah. Well, no wonder why uh, Heenan tried to sell him. Iron Mike Sharp is there. Look at him. Nikolai He's... Volkov, Honky Tonk Man, Ted DiBiase. Yeah. Look at this. You'd think the two commie bastards would be morally opposed to a uh, monarchy, considering that the Soviet Union was formed by overthrowing the uh, Romanovs. But you would think so. But yeah. again, yeah, you would think so. <laughs> you would think so. But again, we have to understand that they knew well enough. You don't fuck with Haku. So they're going to come Mike out. Sharp. <laughs> Iron Mike Sharp, ladies and gentlemen. Ah! Iron Mike Sharp. Boss man's not there either. Look at, look at Andre. Andre's just saying, that's right, man. This guy is, I'm going to protect him for the rest of my oh, life. Oh, no, boss, no, boss man's there. He's just yep. covered by the throne. Boss man is there. They're all there. The, ga- the gang's not there. It, did you see the gang? I did not see the gang. Okay. Did I, was Akeem the African Dream there? No. No, no. This uh, this is before Akeem. Look at Bravo. He's got tears Mr. in his Fuji. eyes. Mr. Fuji's there. Well, oh, obviously with Demolition representing. Look at he's so happy. He's so proud. Siviasi is not there. Look at look at everybody's cheering him because they know. They're all cheering him. They well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what I don't know what he said. 
He probably mentioned like the Ultimate Warrior. I th- or no, I think he was talking about Harley Race's injury, and they were cheering <laughs> Harley Race's injury because apparently eighty-eight WWF fans were a bunch of pricks. Heenan reading it, standing in front of Andre, and the entire background is just Andre's chest. <laughs> I mean, this is good, but it would have. The only thing that would have made this better is if we had another fabulous uh, lecture from uh, from the genius. <laughs> and I say. <laughs> you know, when I knew we were doing this, I should have wrote a genius haiku for Haku. <laughs> and now that the genius, world-renowned, proclaims that Haku is the one true king in the World Wrestling Federation. Well, uh, unfortunately, he's not the not the genius yet. No, he's still leaping, Lanny. Yeah, but he was still reading his poems. But he wasn't a heel. Yes, and, and look throwing at, frisbees into the look crowd. Look how serious that man is right oh. there. Look at Haku. He's so do serious. With, do not fuck with that man. He's just thinking of, look at the, look, oh, I love him. This guy's, yeah. my, this guy's my fucking hero. <laughs> <laughs> I can only be half the man Haku is. All right, is there a Haku cameo? Because, I mean, that, Oh, <laughs> I would have already gotten it. Are you serious? Well, is is he listed under Haku? Is he listed under King Tonga? I, I mean, I is he listed under King Haku? My King Haku. You know, I told you, though, all I want to do is I want to take Haku out to lunch. <laughs> I just want to take him out to lunch. I just want to have him and I go out, maybe go to, like, the Texas Roadhouse, you know, order a couple steaks. He could sit. He can regale me with some stories of the the road and back. And I don't there. think he's. I don't think he's a big talker though. I think you might have to regale him with stories. No, I think he would. I bet you he would get going. You know that is actually. You know what? I don't think I've ever seen. For all the times that people talk about him, I've never seen like a shoot interview with Haku. <laughs> so you're right. I don't think he does talk. Look at that. Uh, Look at Andre getting the robe ready. Andre getting the robe ready. DiBiase didn't bring a gift either. No. He doesn't have a scepter for him like he did no. for Savage. But, you know, then again, we know why. Well, he and Haku aren't that close. No, but we know that him and Savage are very close. Yes. Well, look at that. Well, they, they had that dry cleaned after Harley Race. Yeah. Although, you know that Duggan never had it dry cleaned. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at the snot on Duggan's nose. <laughs> Like Rude, Rude, Rude's just kind of staring at, standing in the background, like just absolutely playing. Now, now, what I love is when all the heels have to applaud this. Yeah. <laughs> As he's now making his way around, just kind of holding one arm in the air, and they all applaud him. And now, Bobby Heenan was doing um, prime time already at this point, right? With with Gorilla. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so fun. this this God, I should go back and see if see they don't have those on the network, do they? Those, no, they do. Are, they they have prime time all through 88. Oh yeah. All right, I'm gonna have to go back and watch these now because I just want to go back and watch like I just want to go back and watch like Bobby talk about freaking Hakubi and the King. <laughs> yeah, just watch all the ones from July. Ooh, they even got the jobbers there to carry yeah. them. Man, any, any famous jobbers there? Any uh, you know? Uh, can't quite. That, wait, hold on. I think one of them is Crash Hall or uh, Hardcore Holly. <laughs> <laughs> Come I think on. one of them is I think one of them is Bob Hawley. All right, hold hold on. We we got it. The guy with the mullet in the back there on the on the left. Not all guys with mullets in the eighties were no, Bob like, Hawley. Look, I, I hate to break this, it to you. Look, the guy that's like leaning up against the barricade right there, I think that's Bob Hawley. With the white the guy, trunks. In, the guy in the white? 
Jimmy Garvin Appreciation Society guy? See if when he comes. Look that at him. definitely not Bob Hawley. <laughs> look at Andre. Andre gets out of the ring to stand he's behind just, in case Andre, the droppers want to try anything. Andre gets out of the ring. He's just as tall as Haku. <laughs> On the- <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> I am Haku. <laughs> Well, him and Andre, Andre and Haku, they're they're, they're thick as thieves. I mean, you you can see that coming by the end of 1989. Let's think for a minute here. What a a world would have been like had Andre the Giant been made king of the WWF. Well, we would have needed a sedan with like 15 guys. (laughs) I am Andre. I am the king of the world. Andre didn't need to be a king. He, he was he was already the giant. Demolition looks so totally out of place. Bad there. News Brown was there! What? Wait, Bad News was? Brown? Go back for a minute. Go back. Oh, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Bad News Brown showed up to the coronation of King Oscar. Bad News Brown just walked right in front of the camera. Hold on, hold on. This is huge. This is, this is news. Breaking news. <laughs> We interrupt this program. We interrupt this program to bring you breaking news. Bad right, News no. Brown. There he makes... is. Oh, my God. <laughs> he looks so unhappy, too. Bad News Brown makes an appearance at the coronation ceremony of King Haku. Bad News Brown looks like the kind of, he, he looks like he has to go to the back and take a dump. And they, like, kept him out there. And, like, now he we, lost his spot like Kramer. <laughs> we, reached out, we reached out to Bad News Brown for comment. And he just told us to get away from him. <laughs> They should have had King Brown. <laughs> King Brown. King Brown the first. What what a coronation. The coronation of heel kings. Nothing beats that. No. Absolutely not. I mean, the Duggan one. Now I think, I've, now I think Duggan, I've run out of them, though. <laughs> the Duggan one is garbage compared to this. Well, it basically turns into, like, like porkies without the chicks. Oh, <laughs> porkies. Who's this old? Who's this old bag? I don't know, but it, it, Oakland is probably walking around in the Glen Falls Civic Center or something. Look at that, a large Pepsi, a dollar twenty-five. What a steal! Do you think he at this point? Oh, uh, see, I want to say something, but I don't want to get you upset. What? You Are you going to say that? What? Do I think Gene Oakland what? Tag <laughs> that woman? Do you think no. he's out there looking for pussy right now? Uh, uh, oh no 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 no! He, he's he's a he's a gentleman, all class, all the way. Gene Oakland trailing for pussy. Now if he now cocaine, well that's a different story. Nachos two twenty five. That feels a little rich for nineteen eighty eight, especially mm-hmm. since America in nineteen in the eighties we didn't know how to do Mexican food correctly yet. It took a while. Yeah. 75 cents for coffee. I like that. Are you a Pepsi man or a Coca-Cola no, man? No, def- definitely Coke. Yeah. I, ho- I hope that this uh, concession stand had coffee, unlike uh, unlike MetLife Stadium at WrestleMania 35, <laughs> <laughs> where it took me three hours to get a cup of coffee. Who's this? What's this lady bitching about? Shut up, Karen. It's all right. <laughs> she She's like, why are you wearing a full suit to a wrestling event? <laughs> Don't you know who I am? I'm Mean Gene Oakland. He actually did a "Do you know who I am?" at the beginning, like he was Mo Green. Yeah, when he was trying when he was trying to get in in that opening segment. Do you know who I am? I built this place. He was I had to slap him around. <laughs> he was he was he was, he was nailing concession workers two at a time. He was nailing cocktail waitresses two at a time. 
Oh, Jesus. So we're the back Bulldogs. to the Philadelphia Spectrum, the British Bulldogs against the Bolsheviks. And an explosion of World War II allies. <laughs> yes, I guess. They they should have had this match at Yalta. <laughs> it would have only made sense. <laughs> <laughs> the Yalta Conference. This, the Yalta this, Conference with the Bolsheviks and the Bulldogs. This, uh, uh, ob- obviously... The sur- the Survivor Series is still coming up. I, I don't know when this video was released. I, I, sh- I probably should have looked that up ahead of time. I think it was November of 88, early November of 88, which means the Bulldogs are still there, but they're gone after the Survivor Series. Mm. So other than the Survivor Series itself, this is their last appearance on Coliseum home video. This is their last hurrah. Yeah. And it uh, like, as I watch Dynamite Kid, and he he's not in there. He's just standing on the apron. In 1988, I mean, he do, he doesn't look decrepit, but he you know obviously he can't do the same things that he did at one time. Which is which which is a shame. But he, the the teams haven't even touched yet. The the Bolsheviks are are stalling like like crazy here. Yeah, what is this? Well, we're we're just doing a Memphis style start to this, where they uh, just bicker with the referee. What is up with Volkov's hair? He has like a, it's all shaved, but like there's a spot on the back of his head with hair. Well, he's got like that. It's like yeah, it's like a oh yeah, look at that. No, it kind of looks like he has like a little bit of like a a faux hawk going almost. Wow, Nikolai Volkov invented the faux hawk. I didn't know that. You know what? Looks like it to me. I would say that's what it is, Gene. <laughs> the Davy Boy looks freaking jacked here. Like the yeah. point you can see the transformation from even even a year before. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. But the the Bulldogs. I mean, they they were probably right to leave at that point. I mean, what were you really going to do with them after you know? In 1989, what were the British Bulldogs going to do? Um, I mean, well, I mean, they would have had some pretty decent matches with, like, teams like the Brain Busters, and that was all that was coming in, really, with the Brain Busters. But, I mean, that would have been actually, it wouldn't have been too bad. I mean, you're not going to do anything like a heel run or anything like that, but it would have been kind of cool for them to be, you know, maybe you could have kept around, you could have kept the, the Ha Foundation as, as heels, through all of 88 and 80 and going into 89, you know, maybe move that, maybe move that, um, the face turn for them a little bit, you know, a little bit later. And then you would have had that. You could have had them continue that feud. Um, they they, always, you know, they always put on good matches, the two of them. Well, let let me ask you, I mean, I, I don't see her there right now, but if the Bulldogs turned heel, does Matilda turn heel as well? Or do we have like a Savage and Elizabeth thing where, Elizabeth is a face and Savage is a heel. Where like mm-hmm. the Bulldogs are heels, but Matilda is a baby face. How how does that work? Um, I mean, you could have they could have run vignettes of like Matilda biting like little children. That would have been kind of fun. <laughs> that would have been the greatest thing in World Wrestling Federation history. They could have called Matilda the big dog of the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> It would it would be a much a much more apt 
choosing of of who it is as opposed to who it ended up becoming. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, Winston comes in, and they have a, uh, a lo- loser leaves the kennel match. Yeah, see now Something we're talking. Like now we're talking kennel matches. We got a proper kennel match, not that. Ab- Abortion we had at WrestleMania. Oh no, at the uh, not WrestleMania. Was but it Unforgiven or something? Yeah, I don't even yeah. know. Yeah, I just think of WrestleMania as an abortion because that's that, that's the same year that the Boss Man fought the Undertaker in that aborted Hell in the Cell. <laughs> Is it symbolic? <laughs> oh my God, the Bolsheviks won this match on just like a clothesline by Nikolai Volkov, like it was a Survivor Series match. In the immortal immortal words of uh, Red Sox announcer Joe Castiglione, can you believe it? Well, that just happened, folks. The the Bolsheviks go over the British Bulldogs in the year 1988 without any substantial cheating. I mean, it wasn't clean, but it's not like they, you know, pulled out an axe and, you know, hit them. Wow. And now, an interesting one, the Rougeaus, who are so freshly turned heel. This is at MSG, July 20th. We're all American boys. They're still wearing their their baby face trunks, because remember, they went to the the spandex uh, sort of tights that would go down almost to the knee. Yeah. But they don't have those yet. And the Rockers, they've only been there for a little over a month since they've been on TV. Has this been – had they already – yeah, they already got hired and fired, right? Well, that was 87. But 88, they come back. So this is already – this is their second run. They debuted uh, June 18th Superstars. A couple of future Intercontinental Champions in there right now with uh, Shawn Michaels and Jacques Rougeau. And – this is this is the Shawn Michaels that you probably don't hate. Yeah, I don't hate him because he's not too big for his britches at this point. Big for his britches. You're big for your britches, my oh, friend. I forgot, of course, Marty Jannetty, a future Intercontinental Champion as well. And Raymond Rougeau, apparently a future World Champion in your Hasbro universe. <laughs> I just said that I would have been okay with a four-year Raymond Rougeau run as opposed to a four-year Dino Bravo run. Wait, in are reality, we just going to run the Quebec loop like four well, times just, a month? You just said if Quebec happened to be the center of the World Wrestling Federation universe, that Dino Bravo would have been a world champion for four years. All I'm saying is that if I had to have my druthers, I would rather have Raymond Rougeau. Obviously, if I wanted a true Montreal, you know, representative of the World Wrestling Federation be a world champion long time, it's going to be Jacques Rougeau. Yeah, exactly. Who who, who out there chooses Raymond Rougeau over Jacques? Nobody. As, as I, wasn't, I wasn't choosing Raymond over Jacques. I was choosing Raymond over Dino Bravo. <laughs> I don't like on the Rougeau trunks how they just wrote Rougeau on the back. It's like, mm. how do you know which one is Raymond's and which one is uh, Jacques? As Jacques is such a dick. He shakes Shawn Michaels' hand after drop-kicking him, like sucker drop-kicking him. And Jacques, with the disingenuous handshake, he, he's, well, he's so great. Raymond has a mustache, right, at this point? Uh, yeah, it looks like it. So there's yeah. this, that's how you, he has a Hitler mustache. It looks like that's no, how you no, dis- it's just blondish sort of. That's how you differentiate between the two. Well, yeah, I, I always like when Jesse Ventura would say he would get the Rougeaus confused, even though they look nothing alike. It was kind of foreshadowing of like 
Demolition has been around for three years, but now we can't tell the difference between them. Yeah. God, that 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 whole that whole thing annoyed me. It's like Axis Smash and Crush. We can't tell them apart, even though they're three different heights and three different body types. Yeah, one of them has a tattoo. The other one has a mullet. They yeah. all wear different face paint, different knee braces. Yeah, different elbow them, pads. Yeah. yeah, they just they all they look about as fucking different as Jim and Brett, Jim Neidhart and Bret Hart. But no, we're gonna say that they we can't tell them apart. Look at this tag team specialist. Mm. <laughs> oh, he's working the fingers. He's Jess. got the wrist lock. A digital manipulation. Who does he think he is? Uh, Pete, what's his name from uh, NXT UK? Pete Dunn. Pete yes, Dunn. Thank you. Yes, the bruiser weight. Thank you very much. Yeah. He's okay, I guess. He's one of the few modern guys that I kind of am okay with. I think he's one of the few uh, guys from England that hasn't been sexually molesting anybody. So That's true, yes. There was, there was a lot lot on that that, that came out. <laughs> Has Walter, your, was Walter caught up in any of that? I don't think so, but he's German, so that's probably okay. okay. Yeah. But what's really funny is I think the guy that was their cruiserweight champion got caught up in it. He was, so, so I think I, 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 could, I could be wrong, so I apologize if I am. But I think – so there was the whole deal where, like, that guy that won the cruiserweight title that was from England – and then he gentleman Jack, whatever the hell his no, name is. No, 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 no. He definitely was. No, I'm gonna look it up now because um, he nice got busted by the Rujos. He ended up having to like, you know, he couldn't be in WWF because of the coronavirus. So they stripped him of the cruiserweight championship, and for a little bit they did this whole um, thing that they were gonna like. Uh, you know, he was good, like they were going to have a temporary cruiserweight champion. Jordan Devlin is his name. Jordan oh, Devlin okay. is Irish, okay. Um, but I think he, I think he got, I think he got like implicated. I don't know if anything ever came of it, but I think he got implicated in like all that stuff, right? And what ha- what had happened though was that he was like he was the cruiserweight champion, but he was stuck in in the UK. Yeah. So they had the new cruiserweight championship tournament and i remember like he kind of made comments about like never losing the championship and like you know the current champion is not really the real champion and i think they were going to go for that like razor Shawn michaels angle probably down the line which would have been kind of cool they would have probably like a they probably would have like a ladder match at nxt or something like that to to determine who the real cruiserweight champion is but now i don't think that they really announced the new guy as the uh interim cruiserweight champion <laughs> i yeah. think they they kind of have left. They've kind of dropped that whole gimmick. <laughs> so you, now, you, well, well, you, you know, you know what I wish they could have done, and uh, th- this kind of became famous in the performance center when people were posting the meme of, "Well, there is a, there are fans at the performance center," and it would show like the fan, you know, the fan fixture at the, the fan, uh, yeah, on the on the fan. ceiling. Yeah. Hang the belt from that, but turn sure. the fan on so that the belt is just constantly moving, yeah. and it That's... makes it hard to actually grab it. Kind of yep. like Shawn Michaels at uh, to bring it back to one of the guys in this match. Shawn Michaels at the '95 SummerSlam when they're yeah. getting to the finish and he goes to grab it and falls off the ladder and then has a temper tantrum because Shawn Michaels is an unprofessional prick. Well, there was I was going to say there was one ladder match I remember where the the belt I forget who it was but like somebody went to grab it and they knocked it and then the belt just kept swinging 
And so, like, the next guy got up on the ladder, and he was he couldn't get it because the friggin' belt was swinging. I would be all for having a belt a belt from a fan match. I mean, that's kind of like a Vince Russo angle, but like, you know, belt on a fan match. That'd be kind of cool. I know you, you you just you just hang it like on the you know wire or whatever you have yeah. down, but you attach it to the fan fixture, and it just goes and it goes in a circle. Yes, I'm on board. You've I sold mean, me. ladder matches have now been around for over 25 years and have been overused and are all pretty much the same at this point. And that would be one way to make it a little bit different. We're all American boys. We're all American boys. And Shawn Michaels that. gets the hot tag here. <sighs> He's go- going nuts on Ray Rougeau in the corner. Raymond. By the way, I did not look up the result of this match, so I'm going to be surprised when we get to the finish because I do not remember how this one goes. Is it possible that they have on a on a best of it's a time limit draw? That's possible, but I mean, I don't think it's gone that long. I think maybe at most we're about eight nine minutes in. Mm. Sean with a slam, he's going to go to the top rope. Oh, he's going to do the fist drop? This could be the ending. Or an elbow drop. No, fist drop. Goes for the cover, but uh, Jacques makes the save. You know, WWE's Twitter sent out a thing like, who had the greatest elbow drop of all time? And it was like, Randy Savage, Shawn Michaels, CM Punk, and Kerry Sane. And it's like, really? You're putting... Even CM Punk replied to that, like, I should not be on this list. No. At no. least they didn't put Bailey on there. Yeah. So, Shawn Michaels, got no- Shawn Michaels got knocked off the top rope, got crotched, fell into the center of the ring. Raymond covered him with one arm, and that was the finish. But the camera completely fucking missed it. You're releasing this on Coliseum Video, and you fucking missed the finish. Horrible. Horrible. I hope I, I hope was, whoever was responsible for this got fired. And I'm saying that as somebody who saw who's seeing Shawn Michaels lose a match cleanly. Oh, now the bull now the bulldogs are are well, bullshit at the Rougeaus. So I guess we're setting up the SummerSlam match. What are they complaining about? I don't get it. That he got crotched. Yeah. And that that's what he's complaining about. Jacques is Jacques is offering handshakes because they're sportsmen. I wonder Did if he... uh, he's going to sucker punch Dynamite Kid. <laughs> I mean, all Canadians are sportsmen. Well, oh, look at Jacques getting Dynamite Kid's face. A chilling vision of things to come. <laughs> mm. Later on, he's going to go take a shit in his bag. The Rockers are just bystanders at this point. Because don't forget, they're not even on SummerSlam. No. I think probably because they didn't know what to do with them. They, they didn't have any anybody to – they didn't have a team to put the Rockers over, but they didn't want the Rockers losing to anybody either. Oh, Dynamite just sucker punched Jacques Rougeau. So when Jacques knocked out his teeth, clearly he had it coming because during this worked angle, he did the same thing. Just one man's opinion. Also, Dynamite Kid was kind of a horrible person. Yeah. By almost every account. I was going to say, do you think that, like, 
if you had to if you if you ran into like Jacques Rougeau in a dark alley, would you come up better than if you ran into a dark alley with uh, Dynamite Kid? Like, who do you think is tougher in real? Oh, the Boston Garden. I'm pretty oh, sure Jacques just... Rougeau is tougher, considering that he, number one, he's not in a wheelchair, and number one, number two, he's not dead. <laughs> not now. That's just a sherry under that get up or is that Jimmy no, Hart? no 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 that is definitely jimmy hart in the okay. uh, peggy sue outfit this time it looks like you you think Sher- sherry could flatten her breasts like that come on i didn't i yeah you know what i didn't see the breasts at first yeah we're at home i know you, here. i know i know, you, I know your eye is trained to immediately go to breasts but not you know i look for other features on a lady <laughs> like okay. her mind like her mind okay all right her personality her sense of humor Sorry about that. I didn't know I was. Uh, you know, and I, I just wanted. And I, and I always look to see if she's got a great ass. <laughs> <laughs> so this match here. Oh, there's Mel is, Phillips. <laughs> yes, sad, sadly enough, this is uh, July. I believe July 9th from the. the actually, this was the this was the match I had trouble finding a date because finding a date for because it is clearly the Boston Garden. I recognize that anywhere from the Molson advertisement over the entranceway. Yep. Uh, and this is this is Beefcake against Honky Tonk Man. We're nearing the end of that feud, which feels felt like it went on forever, but really it didn't go on that long. Um, just want to get the date on when that was. As. Uh, yeah, it looks like it is in May. So it was May 7th at the Boston Garden through 12,000. Are you going to dub in Beefcake's music before it was created? Like like the Chris Jericho WWF music in uh, on the WCW shows? Mm-mm. Oh, who's he bringing out? Is he bringing out Hogan? He's got to break. Oh no, no, no! Let's see. Does he bring out Frenchie no. Martin? No, it's a uh, it's a cross dressing George the Animal steel. Oh, look at that! Why does it look like he's wearing a demolition outfit? It's like black, say, and it looks like it has studs on it. He just took demolitions. He took demolitions jacket from the back. Oh, Bruce Beefcake. Look at now, like look at this dipshit angle they got going on. Like Georgie Animal Steel doesn't want to come out. I, I guess. But do you notice that Jimmy Hart has like a perfect uh, gator on? Where yeah, he you does. Know, it's like a face. There's a face. He's got a face covering. He's ready for COVID nineteen. Yes. Georgie Animal Co- Steel. COVID eighty seven in this case. Maybe maybe Georgie Animal Steel's colitis is acting up, and he's not really sure if he wants to, you know. His ulcerative colitis. <laughs> yeah, not oh, Crohn's I'm, disease. He had something. George Steele had something. George Steele had Crohn's disease that drove him Crohn's into retirement disease. later in '88. Uh, yes. Here he's doing. Here he's dressing up as Georgina and oh. just hanging around, hanging around ringside. But he's dressed like uh, like the punk rock version of Dorothy from the Golden Girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's punk rock Dorothy Spornak. Rose, Rose, Ma, Rose, Ma, Blanche, you're nothing but a whore. 
well, as I always say, like as I always say, the B. Arthur voice is like any woman that smokes cigarettes for like thirty five years and has that like n- lovely deep voice when they get older. That's my voice that like I do for my sister. <laughs> so like, whenever I talk about my sister, I'm like, oh, I do the rose voice. Oh, look at that. Uh, Animal Steel has a mind doll with him. Oh, they're still those, selling mind dolls? Those things are fucking valuable now. They are. Yeah, you can imagine they would be, right? Several, hundred, to several say, uh, hundred dollars to the point where I wish I had uh, I wish I had purchased it and then and not opened it and then complained for years. They're like, do you know how hard it is to have toys and not open them? I know, seriously. Would you have done that? I No. 40, I, do the you 41 year old virgin, in my case. Do you have any. Do you have anything that you have that you never opened? I have uh, packs of baseball and football cards that I never opened. Really? But, uh, I mean, they don't really have much value because, like, in the late 80s, those things were so overproduced that it's not like... Like, if I had an unopened pack of, like, 1972 Topps baseball cards, that would be worth something. But an unopened pack of 1989 Topps cards, that's worth almost nothing. Because hmm. everybody got, oh, they, look at the dude with the St. Louis Cardinals jersey randomly at a uh, Boston Garden show. That is weird. Where did yeah. that guy come from? Especially during Red Sox season. Yeah, this this match has not started yet. Just just to be just to be clear. Oh, God. May seventh, nineteen eighty eight. A busy time for the Boston Garden because it would host the Stanley Cup final that month. And it would also host the uh, Eastern Conference Finals of the NBA. Of course, it did virtually every year in the 80s. But Celtics wouldn't get back there for 14 years after that. Like I said, May 7th, 1988 for this one. This match has not started yet. There's been so much hoo-ha and bullshit. It's well, like what like, I find. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, what were you saying? No, I was just going to say, it's not like I'm I'm eager to see yet another Beefcake versus Honky match here, but good Lord. I mean, Honky's seriously. Honky's not even in the ring. This is on the friggin' best of. This is yes. on a best of match. Like, are they kidding? <laughs> well, I think a lot of these are just, you know, we, we happen to have it, and we're going to throw it on there. And we... They fucking put Dino Bravo versus Ken Patera on a best of. Let's think about it. Yeah, that. I guess. I, I, I guess. Who am I, you know. But we had two good tag matches. And it, know, like, led it. off the tape, too. You'd be doing, like, if you rented this from a video store, you would be doing a public service if, like, let's say you decided to dub over the Dino Bravo Patera match with, like, an infomercial for seven minutes mm-hmm. or, like, hardcore pornography. It wouldn't matter. if, As long as you dub over it with anything, it would have been a service. Honky is still on the steps on the outside of the ring. This, I mean, do you, do, you, do you think I should speed up this match by changing the, uh, the uh, playback speed? Should we go one and a half times and make them Maybe. look like cruiserweights? <laughs> All right, so so far on this, so, so far, we've seen... Let's see. Um, the Dino Vavo versus Kempatera, Ken, which was horrible. Boss Man, versus, Boss Man versus Sam Houston, which was okay. Yeah. The King Haku Cory Nation, which was fabulous. Eight stars. The Bulldogs Rizzo's versus the Bolsheviks. 
the Bulldogs versus the Bolsheviks, oh, oh, which, was, yeah. which was okay, but yeah. not that good. The Rockers versus the Rougeos, which was fairly good. It was fairly good until they fucking missed the finish by, like, not having the camera on yeah. it. This disaster that we is finally starting. Yeah. And Sean then we Mooney. have... Sean Mooney doing commentary for this one? No, no. It says Lord Al and Gorilla, but I thought I saw Sean Mooney at ringside. I don't know. And then we have and then we have two more matches after this. Yeah. And it and the next one looks like it's gonna be fantastic. Yeah, we're gonna finish hot. Because we got we got strike yeah. force against demolition coming up, and that's actually kind of a famous match. Yeah. For, for reasons that I'll get into when we get there. Yeah. And then Andre and Duggan closes it out with a lumberjack match from Emmis. Uh, no, actually, it's from Boston. All right, so that's not bad. Yeah, I think Beefcake was fond of these tights, the uh, the sort of pinkish with the black stripe. Yeah, well, those were his WrestleMania tights, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he wore those at WrestleMania four. Yeah, that was not a good match with him and Hockey at WrestleMania four. By any no. I don't think they had really good matches. I mean, clearly they. I've, I've only seen like a few, but I don't think that they had anything good. I don't know if they. I think the problem is, is that I don't really know if Honky had good chemistry with anybody except for maybe Savage, and that's just because Randy Savage could probably wrestle a broomstick for an hour and it would still be entertaining. I think he but did. Like, I think with Jake, who Honky? Yeah. Yeah. But that was also weird because that was kind of like that odd time where it wasn't that, that was like right after Honky had turned and Jake was kind of turning and yeah, so they were kind of like almost both of them were almost like tweeners. But you know, but then he fucked up Jake's neck and so you know Jake wasn't definitely going to be as awesome as he would have been. But the, pro- the problem with this feud, as I see it, is the logical end game is beef beefcake winning. And cutting Honky's hair because Honky's hair is a big part of his gimmick. But you can't cut Honky's hair because there goes the entire gimmick. That's unless gimmick, unless yeah. you want him wearing a wig like Buddy Roberts in '83 World Class, and you know, or Kurt Angle in O2 WWF or, or WWE or whatever. But yeah, and they were they had no intention of putting the title on Beefcake, and then they finally found an alternative with Warrior. Now here's here's the sleeper. It's almost setting up exactly like the WrestleMania four match. The problem you have with the problem with having Honky wear a wig, like Kurt Angle, is like Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle then immediately after that hair hair angle match was like decided, okay, I'm going to shave my head from now on. Yeah, and so he shaved his head, so it worked having him have the wig and then having the wig pull. Same with like CM Punk. Like when yeah. CM Punk had his head shaved, it was like he wore the wig. Or he wore the mask. He wore the Rey Mysterio mask. But yeah. then you you have the end of it where you pull off the mask or you pull off the wig and they see the bald head and everybody gets to laugh and it's that's how the end of the match is. And it's a comedy angle. You were never going to – but you can't have a comedy angle like that because you know Honky's going to want to grow his hair back because that's his whole gimmick. Exactly. And, and so, interesting, interestingly enough here in the finish, they, they did a twist on WrestleMania four where – Eventually, Honky gets the megaphone, hits Beefcake with it, and scores the pin. Good. Oh, so go ahead. Well, no, the other thing with Honky is that he's not 
He was never a believable threat for anything. Like the whole idea of him being the Intercontinental Champion was that he won by crook. You know, yeah. like he never, he never, never like, by he was, he was never by, he was never like a, a believable challenger, challenge to anything. You know, yeah. like I would even say, like even in fucking jobber matches on Saturday mornings, he would probably have let the guy get a lot of offense in because he's just that's his whole thing is that he's not like you never at any point had oh look at that Jimmy Hart wearing a bra and everything, folks, and and, and, and stuffed with uh, two ply toilet paper. Mm. I don't know why he felt the need to use two ply. Oh, and he's down to and he's wearing women's underwear too. Yeah, why did you have to wear women's? Now, underwear? Why the women's underwear? Like. Strictly for the comfort thing. He he could have been a, he should have just been like Michael Scott and wore a woman's suit. <laughs> I I just I don't know I just I, the thing I just never I mean as much as like Honky was I, I guess important part of the rest of the WWF he just that whole idea of like a like a pussy champion just never made any sense because eventually eventually the guy has to show. Some semblance of what made him win the championship. I should take a screenshot of this. Beefcake holding the Intercontinental title. (laughs) You think George Steele's wearing women's underwear? Uh, Probably not. No. He's a man. Such a man. Oh, look at this now. That's all it took was that little little shove by... Well, it's a good thing that 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 uh, megaphone almost uh, almost Went fell out of the, out of the ring. ring, and if it yeah. did, we would have had a problem with the finish because Honky just swings it wildly back, hits Beefcake in the forehead with it. Apparently, Beefcake had a hard time with with shit hitting him in the face. Oh, I oh, <laughs> including Hogan's balls. <laughs> oh, come on! I'm going to have you taken out of here. Here We're we all American we boys. Oh, wait, that's this, not that song. This girl's in cars. Yes. This one is this one's oh. kind of famous here. Now, from a... I, just, I just want to point out that for all you fans listening, <laughs> I got to watch the King the King Haku coronation <laughs> and my other favorite wrestler Tito Santana wrestle. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. So we got Strike Force against Demolition here. This is from Oakland, California, June first, nineteen eighty eight. And like I said, this is a famous one. Yeah. Because this is this is where the Rick Martel injury angle it aired on prime time. It did not actually air on Superstars. Uh, prime time, I think it's July fourth, uh, the first episode in July of '88. So when you go through your July of '88 prime time rewatch, Keithy, mm-hmm. I I advise you, you you're, you're going to see this match again. God, probably, demolition looks so I'm badass. With masks. Yeah, they do. They're so friggin' good. Personally, I like their costuming better than the uh, Road Warriors Legion of Doom ones with the shoulder pads. Just um, simply, simply for the masks. The I, masks. I, I don't think I'm going to say anything uh, controversial here. I like everything about Demolition more than the Road Warriors. Well, except for 1990 Demolition. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. But then again, 1990 Demolition is very similar to like the Rocco era of Legion of Doom. So <laughs> you have you have to be. I mean. It's a testament to how good demolition is. You have to be really, really good for me to get behind you when you got gimp masks. Yes, both literally and gimp. figuratively. Bring out the gimp. <laughs> this hole in one Darso right there, folks. So yeah, this is our second straight WrestleMania four rematch. Hmm. Yeah. 
a, a card so good they decided to do it twice. So this another reason why this match is famous beyond the Martell injury angle, maybe not famous, but infamous on, in some YouTube circles is this one. If you ever try to post this match to YouTube, it will get blocked because they have this thing digitally fingerprinted. And WWE does not want this match on YouTube for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the rule of thumb is, and, and this is the reason why you can't really watch along with this as, as, uh, as you're listening to this program, is Coliseum videos on YouTube, like, you, you cannot leak them through and get posted with very few exceptions. But I will say that the next best of the WWF that we do actually is on YouTube, but don't tell anybody about it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I was saying that for the audience. I already told you about it, but... Oh, okay. Well, look at that. Tito coming in with the uh, drop kick. To... This Chico is the word. Oh, look at this. Is that Earl Durrell? <laughs> I, I think it's Earl. it's Earl or Dave at that point. I don't know. Well, let's see. Does he have $100 bills falling out of his pockets? Oh, that's Dave. Well, I can't see any plastic surgery scars. <laughs> the plastic surgery, brother! <laughs> oh, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Um, that's like, I just wonder if after those matches, Hogan just went back and <laughs> ripped the line and just went, Come on, me, Gene, let's do this! <laughs> I thought you were going to say right, rip Hogan. a fart. No, he ripped the line. I know it sounded like rip a fart, but maybe he did both. Maybe it went in and out. Look at friggin' Tito go. Tito, they're working the left arm of Axe, which, you know, take a body part of these bigger dudes and uh, sure. maybe gain control of this match. Get him down on the ground, man. Tito's yeah, I mean, definitely a superior mat wrestler than, uh, than Axe. Axis the, the demolisher, so like know, I, look a quick I, tag. Oh, and I'm... I can't contain myself about how excited I am for the end of this match because <laughs> number one, I have I have not seen it in a while. Yeah, so, so you, you're gonna you're gonna get a reaction out of me. But when I saw when I saw that this match was on here, and yeah, it's not a five star work rate classic or any of that shit. Uh, it kind of made up for the Bravo Patera match. You know what? I want you to hold your tongue because right now they're doing some five-star quality work right here with this arm drag. What the, uh, or the wrist arm lock, short yeah. arm dragon, short arm dragon twist. And it's funny because it's on it's on Smash now, so yeah. they're working they're working the they're working the left arm on both guys. Yeah, <laughs> this is cl- this is classic Matt wrestling right here. I mean, I would I would consider with bigger dudes like this maybe working a leg because I think <laughs> that their legs would be more relevant than their arms. Well. But then again, you, for Demolition's finishing maneuver, you know, you have to – I believe I believe Smash delivers the elbow with his left arm, and I believe that Axe holds the guy in the backbreaker with his left arm. So they're doing – they've scouted this very well. <laughs> I'm going to take, take your word for it on that one because I've never thought of that. <laughs> hit it! Yeah, there it is! Oh, I thought he hit it with the flying forearm. I was all excited. It was perfect. He did not hit the – Jalapeno. It was perfect. He should have hit him with the flying chalupa bread. I don't know what he did. Come on, Tito. Extra Conte. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Fuji oh, shot by Master Fuji. Two minutes uh, for butt ending on that one. My God Almighty! You hit him with the cane. 
two minutes. Yeah, definitely two minutes for butt ending. You didn't yeah. watch any hockey, did you, Keithy, yesterday? I didn't watch any hockey, no. You're not predisposed to watch hockey in August, apparently. <laughs> how how was hockey in August yesterday? It was it was it was sloppy to an extent, yeah. extent but I I think uh before the week is out you're going to you're going to see uh things a little bit more normal. So I mean, where I have to say, between football, baseball, and basketball, hockey is I'm not following very much. I mean, just the stories of. I'm not saying I prefer hockey over basketball, but I just, you know, there's a lot more story going on in basketball this year. So yeah. where are where are they right now in in hockey? Where are they? They're, they are they right in- now they are playing uh, what they're calling Stanley Cup qualifiers for yep. the fifth through twelfth best teams in each conference. Yep. Now you say, well, what are the top four teams in each conference doing? Well, each of them are playing one game against each other over the next week to establish seeding for the top four. Okay. Oh, there's oh, there the it is. Giant jalapeno. Nice. Oh, come I on, get Ricky in there. Always liked when Tito would use that as a hope spot where he would just yeah. kind of pull that out of the bag and then he would make the hot tag to Ricky Martel, which I'm anticipating yeah. here. I don't know if he is going to, but I'm assuming that he will. So now, are they in? Are they in Canada at the hockey, the NHL right now, or are they in like Minnesota? Yeah, in, or... East is in Edmonton. The West is in Toronto. Unlike the NBA, which is all in Orlando. Yeah. Or oh, Ricky Martel. House of Fire, right here. Dropkick. Jamapel, Rick Martel. Doing, doing that leg thing, the little cycle leg thing. <laughs> That he had to train himself to stop doing when he became the model. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I always say, it took Martel a while to to be an effective heel, but it was because he was a babyface for like twelve years. Yeah, I mean, and he's like, a hell of a babyface. Oh, Boston Crab, Boston Ma- Crab. As Smash oh, comes in, is like screw this shit. As Martel falls to the outside, so here we go. Here we go. Tito's taking care of business on the inside, though, all by himself. So now this is the big injury angle right here? Here we go. Fuji still has it out for Martel from 81, by the way. As they hit Mar- they hit Martel with a chair and like, the back of the neck. Because remember, Fuji and uh, Huzitz lost the title to Gurria and Martel. Or, or I'm sure that they were in a battle. Oh, look at this. Here we go. Demolition decapitation from the apron to the floor. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Look at Axe directing traffic. Boom! Oh, Hmm. as Martel is selling it like he is fucking dead. This, uh, I I, I am so excited for this just because of how Martel. Yeah, Martel's Martel's dead. Martel just died. If he, if he, if he decided to get mad at Tito for anything, he should have been mad at Tito for not coming over to help him. Because Tito's just kind of standing in his corner, wondering what happened. Mm. That was a that was a bad job by Tito. I think you should bring that up on his call on that call. <laughs> what if I had a lunch with Tito and Rick Martel, and I mended the fences of Strike Force, and it was like almost like you know, uh, you know, like the Israel and Palestine? Oh, you think I went? You real think life. I went do you think at what would you Show say? They're friends in real life. <laughs> what if they aren't? Like, what if, what if, what if we kept? Would I win like a kayfabe Nobel Peace Prize if I was able to reunite Strike Force in the year 2020? <laughs> Actually, you might, because there's not a whole lot else going on in the world, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I, 
if I'm going to accept my Nobel Prize and I said, there are many things in this world that I could have turned my attention to. The reuniting strike force is the most paramount. <laughs> Look at Martel. He is still down and he has he's, not moved. This is one of the dead. greatest unconscious cells of anybody ever. He's dead. I I fucking believe this when I saw it when it happened. I was like, yeah. holy shit. Look at his legs aren't moving, his arms not moving, he's barely breathing. Yeah. He's barely Do breathing he... like he's Duncan Sheik. Oh, they got the shitty stretcher out for him now. Yeah. Are they going to drop him on the way out like they did with Superstar Billy Graham that time? I hope. I was just going to roll him over. Why is Earl Hebner, like, gesticulating, like, like trying to make himself the show? Yep, they got him on the stretcher now. All right, they're carrying him out. Now, are they going to drop him? Are they going to drop him, you think? No. Now, Tito's helping, so there's no way. All right, make the right turn. Get up the aisle. Chico is the word. Yeah, this is one of the all-time great stretcher jobs. Martel. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, he is dead. And, and uh, it, it would be great if, like, once they get across the curtain, Martel pops off the stretcher and is like, Hello! <laughs> I'm a model! <laughs> I mean, I now we're getting rate. the slow motion replay. All right, you know, wait, Act. time out. Wait, pause it for a second. Yes. I just want to reiterate that I was completely wrong because, first of all, Axe is on the apron getting ready to drop the elbow with his <laughs> yes. right arm. Yep. And Smash is holding him with but his right arm. Well, maybe it's because the that the strike force did all that damage to the left arm earlier. So or either, maybe, or so, maybe you were just full of shit. <laughs> so either I was. So either I'm full of shit, or Tito and Rick Mattel are watching a mirrored version of tape from Sent Demolition. Look, I don't mean to work scat here, but I think that once we're done with this call, you're going to have to go to the bathroom and empty your bowels because I think you are full of shit on this one. <laughs> well, let's just let this play through. Oh! What a shot! Now, Gene Oakland's smiling during this right after that angle. I, I, that's a little off-putting. That's like, like that, that thing uh, we Casey, talked about yesterday with Casey Kasem doing the Casey death dedication after the upbeat uh, after the upbeat song. <laughs> uh, look at you, all these look at all these losers in line hassling. Oh, Gino. that guy's got a SummerSlam shirt on. The Mega Powers versus the Mega Box. Uh, yeah, this is um. What is he trying that, to get? Is he trying to get in the piss line? He's like trying to cut into the piss line. That dude hey. behind Oakland's right shoulder looks like he's done a lot of heroin over the years. Yeah, sure. He almost looks like Joey Mar Ra Joey Ramone. Oh, who do we got for Lumberjacks? All right, I, ha I have yeah, I have Ron Bass. I have the complete list here of okay, the see, uh, lum Lumberjacks. Uh, Bobby Heenan in Boston in 1988. Too bad I wasn't. You know, old enough to invite him over to my house to cook some pasta for him. Yeah. The Lumberjacks for this match between Andre the Giant and Hacksaw Jim Duggan are Demolition, X and Smash. Oh. Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart. Oh. Davey Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid. Oh. Ron Bass. Oh. Matt Deuce Brown. Oh. Shock and Raymond Rougeau. Oh. Coco Beware. Oh. But now we get to the real star power. Lanny Poffo. DJ Peterson and Scott Casey. Hey, DJ, who the fuck is DJ Peterson? 
He uh, he worked at AWA for a while. There are a lot what of shirtless dudes right. in the crowd. No shirts on. Are you serious? No well, shirts, no shoes, no service. Well, I have a I have a theory for for why that is, and I was waiting for this match because it's the only one from the Boston Garden, August 6, nineteen eighty-eight. Drew eight thousand, which was about slightly more than half the capacity of Boston Garden for wrestling. Remember. That arena did not have air conditioning. Some well-documented oh. issues at that yeah. time with the uh, yeah. power going out during a uh, hockey oh. game in the Stanley Cup final. And the Boston, going to the Boston Garden in August is probably not high on people's lists to watch wrestling. Like you, like you can see how wet Jim Duggan is in this. It's probably not the water that he would have thrown on himself prior to coming out. It's probably just sweat from sitting in that hot box. <laughs> I'm looking at, I mean, pretty much everybody except Honky and Beefcake are, uh, and Savage and DiBiase are lumberjacks in this one who were on the card earlier. But this this result uh, caught my attention from earlier in this show. And may, maybe I should watch the uh, the uh, WWF on Nesson thing for this one. Uh DJ Peterson, your hero, pinned Lanny Poffo at 552 after reversing a power slam attempted to a small package. Well, there ain't oh. no small package when it comes to Lanny Poffo. Prior to the bout, Poffo read a poem dedicated to Lord Alfred Hayes, you know, because those dudes with huge cocks stick together. <laughs> those dudes with huge... Who's that Arn Anderson-looking motherfucker? Yeah, I know. There's a dude who looks like Arn Anderson standing at ringside. Andre and Duggan. This was main event. Main event at MSG the month before. This is a main event in any arena in America. Andre Andre liked Duggan from everything that I read in terms of uh, in terms. Oh of really? Work. Yeah, because he well, Andre always had the issue with like other big guys, it's like you know challengers to his throne or whatever. Yeah. But, but Duggan, he liked Duggan in I don't know. He did not like Jake Roberts. So it's not just because Duggan was a smaller guy relative to Andre because he hated Jake Roberts. Yeah. I like the heels applauding Andre's offense. That would be Ron Bass. You think that, like, Duggan was real good at playing, like, bridge or something? Like, maybe that's why. Like, maybe Andre, maybe Andre liked guys that knew how to play cards. And, like, Jake hmm. didn't know how to play cards. Well, you know what? That that Andre book that came out recently, um, uh, I think it's Pat LaProden, uh uh, somebody else who, who wrote that. I should pick that one up because I picked up the Andre biography like six years ago, the sort of WWE one. And I mean, yeah. it's almost, there's, there's a lot of missing stuff in there. And there's a lot of like, you know, we're not examining whether the legends are true and all. Yeah. I mean, too like many I... people, too many people have said Andre drank 119 beers for it to be untrue, I think. Right. But then there's that story of him calling like Bad News Brown the N word, like, and Bad News Brown like challenging him to go outside the bus. Like that's yeah, a good I, story. Like I want to hear more about that. <laughs> yeah, well, he's lucky that Bad News isn't there to be one of the uh, lumberjacks. You know, you said Bad News was one of the lumberjacks. Oh yeah, he is. Well, let's see. Let's see if he gets involved here. Well, no, but this was no, but I, apparently, apparently the, the way the story goes is I think they were in Japan. And yeah. Hogan was on the bus, and Stan Hansen was on the bus, and and Bad News heard it, and he walked back, and he said something to Andre, and Andre was just like, Andre, like, immediately apologized. 
Yeah. So I wonder if it was like Andre didn't mean to call him it like in the, I mean in the, uh, I don't know, aggressive use of the term. <laughs> like you know, he was just saying I hello. I I don't know. I mean, I I would not mess with Bad News Brown because he he's he's legit or Bad News well, Allen Coadge. Hey, listen, he was known we saw that, that picture. Of- we saw that picture of him with, uh, you know, the president of the United States, President yeah. Ford. So that's right. You know, After the, uh, you know, he's a real tough guy. I, I want see the reason. Oh, there is bad news. He's yep. going to lay hands on Duggan, thereby setting up that WrestleMania five match that we thought had no setup to it. <laughs> <laughs> and Andre just sat on. He just sat on Chintak. <laughs> And he turned around and said to Bad News, like, someday I'm going to do this to you, except I'm going to I'm going to drop a load on you. And I'm talking I'm a load to, from the backside. I'm going to shit on you. And you are going to take it. Andre's finisher, the Cleveland Steamer. <laughs> the Cleveland Steamer. I'll steve you. I don't care about that, no Ironically, though, he would not use the Cleveland steamer in Cleveland. He would use the Boston Crab. That's true, yes. I can't picture Andre applying a Boston Crab, at, le- at least this version of Andre. 70s no, Andre, version, that's different. This version of Andre is definitely just like headbutts, chops, and then the sit-down thing. Oh, he loved that spot. It, it, Andre, getting, getting tied in the ropes. Andre spot. loved this spot. I mean, it's a great spot for a guy his size. Yeah, because it just it really does make even even heel Andre it just it, it makes it like so, everybody like the crowd go the crowd pops for it when they're whether he's a heel or a face. Well, it, it, it neutralizes the entire thing. Yeah, he has every possible physical advantage in every match that he has. Yeah, but I like and, how you know when he's a face, he's like the, the he, he's in peril. And then when he's a heel, it's like he's the face is like winning, you know, getting the big pop. It's just, yeah, it's a shame, Andre. You know, it's a shame he died young. I mean, but I mean, he wasn't going to do anything, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did. He didn't treat his condition because I think he just made he made a conscious decision not to treat it. Unlike Big Show, who did make a decision to treat it. And it's still like out there like look at look at Andre yeah. carefully removing the turnbuckle I'll take the turnbuckle head off <laughs> and now Jim Duggan I'm going to ram your head into the turnbuckle <laughs> and then win the with tag the, team championship with no, with no padding oh, thankfully he didn't hold his blower back I hate when they would do that like the wrestler would get hit the top pad and then, his upper his back. Back, and then he would hold his lower back. I hated that. I think Hogan did that all the time. Well, that, that must be why you didn't like Hogan. It's one of the many reasons. Told you, I still would. I don't. I don't. I, oh, is Andre going to hit him? At, yep. Oh, yes! Andre, Andre nice. goes for the headbutt and drives his own head into the uh, exposed turnbuckle. Oh, tell me, tell me, he blades here. Oh, I, I doubt it because the fans on the other side could clearly see him. Uh, he doesn't have would, a gig. He doesn't have a gig scar the size of Duggins. <laughs> a gig scar the size of Duggan. Uh, you must be excited doing two Duggan matches in the same week. 
Oh, look at this. He's going to go for the uh, three-point stand. The second Andre gets to his feet, which might be three minutes from now. Oh, there it is. He hits the clothesline, knocks Andre back into the corner. Crowd's going, you know. Mild. Jesus Christ, he's hitting him in the thing. He had his, drilled his head into the ex, exposed turnbuckle. Yeah. Andre, Andre, oh. oh, here comes the two by four. Oh, and he's broken he broke, over his broke, back. Broke the two by four over Doug, over uh, Andre's back. And that is kind of a weird finish because it's like, well, you know what? I'll just get myself DQ'd. Look at Andre. He's outside the ring and he's pissed off and he's just beating the crap out of everybody out Wait. there. Punching Lanny Poffo. It's like, do you remember the last time we crossed past Lanny? I, I left you bloodied on the floor after that battle royal in Detroit. So funny that, like, Andre, Andre's the perfect guy in a lumberjack match. Cause that's always like, I always have this theory about, like, you know, what if you're like a, you know, what if you're like a leg breaker for the mob, but you're, you get beat up by the guy whose legs you're trying to break? Like, yeah. does that, you know, is that okay? Like, so if I owe money to the mafia, and they send a guy after me, and I break the guy's leg. Does that mean, like, my debt is paid, basically? Like, I beat up I that guy. So, like, is Andre the perfect guy in a lumberjack because he could beat up all the lumberjacks? I think so, yeah. Like, you know, the by the way, that was not a DQ finish because the referee did not see that. What a Andre sloppy elbow. Did you, did you see that Andre's sloppy elbow right there? Yeah, he's, he's, try, he's trying to be careful. It's like the way he pinned Axe in that... Uh, when they won the tag team titles yeah. on that Superstars. Oh, now everybody's yeah, in the ring. Now he's just he's just taking apart all the faces. I love it. Who's that guy in the blue truck? Like, who's that guy getting beat up now by, I want to say, that smash in the corner with the blue tights? That's got to be DJ Peterson. Oh, okay. By he's the one guy I don't know. Yeah, because Lanny's gets... got the green pants yeah. on. Right. Oh, and yeah, DJ Peterson must be the face at this point. Yeah, DJ and Lanny must have made nice or whatever after their match. Yeah, this Poco in the uh, street clothes. It's nice to see Axe and Andre on the same side again. Like, we're, we're reuniting two-thirds of the machines. <laughs> Duggan taking the loss, but still leaving the victor. Uh, that actually, you know, Andre was limited in 1988, obviously. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think they made the most of his limitations in this this got Duggan, you know, to a, yeah. to a higher position in the company. Yeah, especially considering that he was, you know, Duggan was going to get that major push. Then he got caught with the drugs with the Sheiky baby, and then, you, which kind of knocked him down a peg. But this brought him back up. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Duggan was ever going to be anything more than just a mid card guy, but you know. Well, I I think either tippy top of the mid card or you have him main eventing like your C shows stuff like yeah. that B B and C shows Oakland's wrapping it up. He's kind of sitting in the uh, seats in what looks to be like an empty arena. And he's asking if anybody has ever heard of him before meaning himself. Oh my God. I'm, I'm mean Jane Oakland. I've been interviewing Hulk Hogan for years. How long do you think it took Oakland to shoot all of this? I'm gonna say he. I'm gonna say he wrapped this in like 80 minutes and was back on the beach in no time, <laughs> or at least back in the tanning bed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of like beaches, there's the rumor that they might have SummerSlam on the beach in Florida this year. 
Oh, you mean like a like almost like, like a bash a, at the beach? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I would I be have, all for that. Yeah, I, I I have no issue with that, even though I, I'm very unlikely to watch. I would I would like my refund now, Ticketmaster. I mean, if you if you considering I just refinanced my house and I had closing costs, uh, you know that that money would definitely come in handy. I mean, not that I not that I don't want you to get your refund fast, but it would be nice if like this ended up going that you went to people's court, and you know we could be like, dun, dun, dun. is that even still on? I don't think so. It should be. Because I used to watch, like, I used to watch that. I mean, yeah, a little bit in the '80s and the early '90s when Wapner was there. But I watched it like '99. I watched it all the time. It was, uh, oh, yeah. it was, it was Judge Jerry. It was, yeah. uh, it was Judge Judy's husband yes. as the judge, and the reporter outside the courthouse was Harvey Levin. Yeah. And then when Harvey Levin turned up as you know TMZ and all that bullshit, I, I always feel like, oh yeah, it's that guy who used to be the reporter on the People's Court. Now he's that guy who says something mildly funny on TMZ, and they all laugh uproariously like it's fucking Eddie Murphy Raw or something. Yeah, drives me I, uh... drives me drives me insane when I watch like TMZ and they all like uproariously laugh at like something that might be you know ha 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 you know give me a break. Yeah, no, Harvey yeah. Levin sucks. Like, yeah, we saw Adam Carolla at LAX. Like, uh... <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Hey, People's Court still is on. It's hosted again by Doug Llewellyn. Okay. And it's the presiding judge is Marilyn Million. And yeah, she's I knew, on I knew, here. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was a I knew it was a female judge. I could not I could not remember yeah. her name. So it's it's still on. I mean, obviously, Judge Wapner was the best. You know? Yeah. Well, do you remember? I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Do you remember that show, The Judge, that aired on USA? <laughs> you have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? I don't. I don't think I do. Okay. I don't think so. It was basically like a people's court knockoff, but it was kayfabe. It was. It was all scripted and predetermined. Because like there was the one episode where the dude grabbed the bailiff's gun and held the court hostage. Oh that really? One, that, oh, that one was pretty tense. Kind of like Rick, it's not. Kind of like Rick like, Martell getting knocked unconscious by demolition. I was gonna say it's not like it, it wasn't the judge based off of like Judge Reinhold, as in the Judge Reinhold judge show that was gonna be an Arrested Development. You, you no, you mean uh, mock trial with Jay Reinhold. Mr. Reinhold's, court, Mr. Reinhold's courtroom. My name is Judge. <laughs> Why do you have a wind ah. here? <laughs> this, and, if, and, if, and if this was a real court, this is where I would cry. <laughs> My yeah. name is Judge. <laughs> oh, oh, that's there, a good end. There, there we are. <laughs> best, best of the WWF Volume 17. Just best randomly. Volume 17. Oh, and I basically basically got an erection watching Rick Martel get destroyed. <laughs> they really did. I mean, that was definitely a good mix of shit and shit, shit, of shit and you know solidness. Like it was just there was definitely crap in the form of Dino Bravo, Kempatera, and um, you know Barber b- b- Beefcake Papa. 
Beefcake Barber and Honky Tonk Man. But then you had that that Doug and John Andre match was great. The Demolition Strike Force match was great. The Boss Man match, I think. I'm going to go back and say the Boss Man match was great for what it was. And then, of course, it had the highlight of the show was the coronation. So, yeah, that was overall, that was a fabulous way to spend, a, you know, an hour and a half or so. So thank you, now, Pete. Well, I just realized something going through this entire uh, uh, card with, yeah. with, with, with you now is, you know, just looking at the lineup. Do you realize that heels won every single match on this tape? Oh, yeah. Look at that. Bravo huh. beat Patera. Bossman yeah. beat Sam Houston. Huh. The Bolsheviks beat the British Bulldogs, inexplicably. The Rougeos beat the Rockers. Honky beat Beefcake. Demolition beat Strike Force by Countout. And Andre beat Duggan. Every single wow. heel won on this. <laughs> do, do you realize how wow. crazy that is for the WWF? That's insane. That never happens. Yeah, I know. It's like we're watching Starcade '97. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Wow. Even the even the NWO sold out pay per view, the first one, they NWO didn't win everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, uh, huh. well, the fact that I'm only realizing it now, but like I, I, you know, when I saw Doug and lose, I was like, boy, it feels like we got a lot of heels winning on this one. And as it turns out, seven for seven. In terms of heels winning on this, now some people might say, "Well, the Rougeos are baby faces to me," but you know, let's 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 go by let's go by what the WWF was saying. But wow, my mind is my mind is blown by this, and uh, I I, I thank I thank you for joining me, and I'm glad that you're not sick of me uh, less than 24 hours after I was in your house. Where we did not have an international incident, but some would say that we are good friends, but maybe better enemies. Pete, I will tell you this much right now. It is always a pleasure to have you in my house. I wish I could have you in my house more often. Well, thank you for that, Keithy. And I'll say, once again, oh, yes, uh, social proof, leave a review, Greetings Valentine, five stars, obviously most appreciated. And tune in next time for another exciting episode of GFA Live. I'm a model. <laughs> <laughs>